Welcome to Golf Better at Worldwide Golf Shops. Episode 202. Hello, everyone. My name is Tom Brassell. Thanks so much for joining us. We say it most every time if you're a first-time listener or a long-time subscriber or maybe somewhere in the middle. Either way, we are just glad you joined us. Two very special guests joining us today from out in sunny Southern California from our good friends at Titleist Golf. First of all, his encore appearance was just on about six weeks ago. Jeremy Stone. Jeremy, thanks so much, man. Happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Hey, and we asked... And you delivered. You got the man here himself, the man synonymous with wedges, Mr. Bob Vokey. Voke, thanks so much, man. We look back, and it's been about, you know, seven, eight years. We're a little overdue. Hey, hey Tom, I wouldn't miss this. In fact, I was at home. I'm recuperating. I saw my knee operated on on Monday. So I was recuperating. I was icing it. So I thought I got to throw my pants on. I get out. I got to go in and got to talk to Tom. <laughs> well, Bob, take take us back, our listeners, a little bit, and just a little bit about yourself, how you got how you got started in the game and how you found this this obviously wonderful calling you have with wedges. Well, uh, you know, it was always a, a passion. You know, I, I had a passion, really loved golf. I loved what I do, and I loved working with my hands. I did a lot my, with my dad when I was younger. So I took a passion, I turned it into a livelihood. It was a hobby. I turned it into a livelihood. Fortunately enough, I had my shop, and uh, they discovered my shop in Vista, California, and Back in, I was in TaylorMade days, Gary Adams, and he asked me to first do the prepare work for TaylorMade, and then after that, I, I came on board and went to work for full-time. And then from there, I left, and uh, I was doing Meadowoods, and every, every club that went out on PGA Tour usually came through my department. That day, that was when Meadowoods were just getting, getting cranking on, you know, the, the middle 80s. And then from then on, uh, even way back then, I had a passion for wedges. I did a lot with with Lee Trevino, Dave Stockton Sr., you know, Lanny Watkins, Peter Jacobson, Freddie Funkers. There's tons of them. I'm probably forgetting a few. And of course, did a lot of work with Seve, too. He he played my stuff on that TaylorMade. So then from there, I went over to Founders Club. Gary started a new company called Founders Club in 1990. I went over there for five years. And then uh, head of R&D of Titleist at that time called me in September of 96 and said, Bob, I'm working on a project, why don't you come over here? So he was working on the 975D driver, so that probably, so I came over and worked with him on that. Got that going, I guess probably maybe that was our foray, I call it, into into the uh, club business, you know. Went real well and then finished with that and I said, well, well, Terry, what do you want me to do now? He said, well, well Mr. Uline wants to get into some wedges. So I thought, oh, I love it, man, this is, this is right up my alley. Because I saw the challenge there, particularly over the years as wedges got stronger and stronger, you know, all the way down to now they're 46, but 48, and there was a, a big gap. Sand wedges remained at 56 in degrees. You know, I said, God, I see a lot of a lot of openings there that we can help not just the tour player, but we can help the uh, average weekend golfer, you know, improve his game. So that's how I started. And uh, first uh, project at that particular time was I did a 400 series, I don't know if you remember way back when, back in the late 90s when we first brought it out in 97, the first prototype was a summer of 97 at St. Jude's Classic in Memphis with uh, Andy Bean. Andy Bean said, Volk, I gotta play it. And uh, when Andy's about 
big guy like Andy is pretty tough to refuse, you know? So <laughs> anyway, away we went. And uh, and then from then, next thing you know, it's, it started. You know, I can look back now and go on and on and on, but that's how it basically started. And then from there, we went to the 200 series, the 300 series, and the 400 series. And we gravitated towards the 200 series because I saw at that particular time the need for different combinations of grinds, lofts, bounces, and uh, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't concentrate on three different profiles, you know. So the 200 series, which is our classic teardrop profile, was a profile that I gravitated towards, and and I guess uh, guess we've been pretty lucky since then, you know. So we've done all right. It's been a, it's been unbelievable, and uh, going all the way back from the. I call it the 26006 and the 25414. Just, you know, just only had that, only had two uh, bounces in the 56 and 54, and two in the 58s and 60s. And then from then on, we've expanded considerably. Basically, all comes about by, you know, just listening, being a listener, note taker. It's all the uh, PJ Tour. You know, they're my R&D department. I got a great R&D department in here, but. Going way back when I had a PGA Tour, they really, and I just basically did what they wanted, and one player would see another. Well, who'd you do that? They'd see another, they'd see another, before you know it, you know, the product took off, and uh, that's, that's that's been our DNA, Titleist. You know, we've got to go into PGA Tour for a few years before we even put it in the line. And that's uh, that's been it, you know, going all the way back to even when Spin Mill. You know, we have spin mill out there prototype-wise, you know, first off and spin mill ones, twos, threes, fours, fives, and now sixes. It's like, wow. And I think the sixes are uh, best yet. You heard me say it, the best yet. And I, I feel they are. I'm getting continually getting comments and hearing from players I haven't heard in a while. You know, they say, folk, I heard about these SM6s, or I've tried these SM6s. Is there any way you can, you know, you can get, get semi-sub? It starts, it's amazing. That's good testimony to me. Well, Jeremy, you know, we got in in sports, there's people that have one name that's synonymous with sports. You can just say Magic, Kobe. Jeremy, what's it like working with the guy whose name is synonymous with a golf club? Vokey. Everybody knows it. What's it like? I, I, I think you're going to say high energy. Well, that that goes without saying. My job all day long is just to keep up with Bob. Um, you know, I think I think that's why they brought me here is just to try to keep up with the uh, the enthusiasm and the energy. You know, um, sometimes you just have to pinch yourself. You're incredibly fortunate, and when you sit in a room and you have, as Bob mentioned, a great team, um, you know, we're all really fortunate to try to soak in as much knowledge as we can. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a daily occurrence or a weekly occurrence where Bob and I will be sitting around traveling somewhere or sitting for a meal, and I'll just pick his brain. Hey, Bob, what's the difference between these two grinds? What, what do you see? What's the value? Um, and so, you know, you really can't put a value on the fortune we have to just pick his brain at our leisure. And, and a good part about that, while he's picking my brain, I'm thinking. All of a sudden, boom, he'll pick my brain, we'll say something like Hey, Jeremy, that's not a bad idea. Let's look into it. You know, and you know, he'll ask me about something, and then it'll key off another thought, and then boom, there we go. Then we make up some prototypes, let the best players in the world hit them, see how it goes. You know, that's that's why it's a never, it's a never ending. A lot of people say, how does it feel to, uh, you know, what I call it, the monster. Sometimes it's it was easier to create it. You know, you got to keep feeding that monster. 
Sometimes that's the tough part. And that's what I got Jeremy and the crew now. That's what they're continually doing all the time. They, they keep me on my toes. Well, Bob, you probably answered a little bit of the next question I had about wedge innovation. I mean, it's come a long way since Gene Sarazen. You mentioned, you know, wedges started wow. at 56 degrees. Uh-huh. Is the biggest innovation, along with obviously the grinds and the, and the bounce, but is are one of the biggest innovations gapping of wedges? Very important. I'll tell you, that's, a, that's high on my list. That's the number one thing that I look for, you know, when I fit, is gapping. You look a lot of particular, you're avid golfers, you know, they're, they're playing a lot. Next thing you know, you look in their bag, and all of a sudden there may be a gap. They may have a pitching wedge that's 46 degrees, and they may have a 56-degree sand wedge or a 54-degree sand wedge. So there's a big gap there. Toughest shot to hit in golf is that three-quarter half shot, you know, especially on the backside Sunday afternoon. So that's why you'll always see me. I always like anywhere between four to six degrees. You know, and, and it, you, there's a lot of things in gapping can be very, very important. I go all the way back, probably one of the biggest innovations recently because they had been the ball, you think Opa was spin mill. That was huge. But then just recently, we got that spin mill come up, we turned around, and the progressive CG that we have on our SM6, that's probably been our biggest innovation in the last couple of years. We've had that out probably. We've been working with it for four or five years, but we just it wasn't quite right before we brought it to market. As I say, our DNA, we got to really, you know, we got to really look at it real well before we even even put it out. And it's been very successful, SM6, as you probably as you probably been reading about and seeing, and hopefully it hit them. Yeah, the SM6 been out like a month now, and when Jeremy and I spoke, what was it, Jeremy, about like a month and a half or so ago? Uh, you were, Jeremy was telling me about the tour player feedback. You mentioned there your R&D department. One of the things I, uh, that stuck in my mind was Jeremy said that they feel they're, they're asking, is the metal softer? <laughs> I don't know how you do that, but but talk about the, what the tour player and, and the feedback and the changes and the grinds, because that's big too. Can you share a little bit on no that? No doubt about it. They're always, they're always looking for different grinds, and they actually came come from, as I say, out there on tour, player wants to hit certain shots, and you may get a group of players wanting to hit a certain shot. It fits into their swing type. It's their DNA, you know. So I turn around, and we'll look at that, and that's where a lot of our grinds will come from, just from input from, yeah, it's how the best players in the world. And then making a grind is very, very important, and that was very important what we did in the SM6s along with the CG. But the other innovation, we took another look at score lines again. We're continually looking at score lines. We call it the TX4 which we end up doing because what happens, you know, originally in the scoreline, what happened there in the SM4s and 5s, we had a, uh, call it a radio cut pattern across the face, and as a result, when you cut the scorelines, then you have a regularity there, you know? So we turned out, we, had, uh, we changed that, and what we're doing now for the face texture, we're putting it parallel between scorelines. So it never really touches the edge of the scoreline at all, so it maintains all the integrity of the groove, you know, the sharpness and everything that is there. It gives us gives us the ability to bring them up a little, tighten our tolerances up a wee bit, which have helped. And uh, it's, it's amazing what we've got, the feedback we're getting on. Even I call those little partial shots, you know, little bumping runners around the green. I mean, those are ones that I, I personally have seen that myself. And, and I see a lot of players sitting and, and they'll, they'll go, wow. You know, a little little one-off starboard green side. You know, you you you, you could put a little you could put a little hit on it now, and not worrying about that ball. You know, rolling up the face or, 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 or moving too far forward. You know, you just it's just boom. It's, it's pretty good. 
been very successful for us. With the five grinds that are out there now, the L grind, M grind, S grind, uh-huh. F grind, and K grind, and right. great place to see this, obviously, WorldwideGolfShops.com, EdwinWattsGolf.com, or Titleist.com. Uh-huh. You guys have some great video clips of who fits each of these, but Jeremy, it even makes it even more so to not grab something, one of these off the rack. You need to get custom fit, right? Yeah, no doubt about it. There's no question, and I think that would be, um, you know, one of the things that we have um, learned most from Bob, really. You know, when you look at the reason grinds came to be is Bob went back and was working with tour players, and they were all trying to do different things, and he realized there were a bunch of different swing types out on tour, and the same is true of the everyday golfer. So all five of the grinds with SM6 are in play on tour because all of those guys deliver the club to the ball in different ways. Um, And that's even more true of amateurs where being properly fit for your wedges and your grinds um, is absolutely critical. And really, you know, and I'll steal the line from Bob. He'll laugh at me here, but it's it's low-hanging fruit in the bag of improving your game. And it's really a quick way to do it. You have to spend a little time. As I hear you say many times, how many greens does a tour player hit? He hits about 12, the average is, and they get up and down. The average weekend golfer, 5-6. On a good day, how many opportunities does he have to get up and down? He's got a heck of a lot more, and he can save one or two shots greenside a heck of a lot. I never want to say easier, but not as difficult as versus trying to hit that 300-yard drive, which he physically doesn't have the ability, doesn't have the club head speed, you know, and technique to hit that. But he does. Greenside, he can hit all those shots. If he's fit with the proper grind and bounce, those are very, very important. That's why it's so important when we fit, try all the grinds. You know, and you'll sometimes, and I, Jeremy laughs at me, and, and we've seen this happen. We call it the aha moment. A player will hit it. You're working with a player, not so much a tour player. It happens with a tour player, too. But I mean, now you're an avid golfer. All of a sudden, you put the right grind for the type of shot he wants to hit for his technique, and he'll go, wow, you'll see the big smile. I call it the aha moment. You know, because he said, man, that just felt perfect. Just doing everything I wanted to, you know, right trajectory and right spin, right spin control. He's got the, you know, he's got a little, he's just got that feel, too. That's what, that's what's so important, how we increase the feel is by aligning the CG, putting the CG in the proper, along with the, the grinds, they all come together. So it, it definitely enhances the feel all the way across the board. And, Bob, when we spoke seven years ago, I'll never forget your response. I said, when you're going to fit somebody, and we talked about bounce, and we talked about playing conditions, I remember you said, I don't know if you remember, first thing you said was, I want to know if you're a, a sweeper or you're a digger. <laughs> you know, yeah, and that's important. Is that important? Yeah. 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 yeah, Tom, that's very important. That's a good point you're bringing up because you've got to fit by the swing type, too, because, you know, you can turn around and you play different courses. You may travel, you know, to different courses. You can have different sand types, different types of, you may have Bermuda one place, bent the other. So you're going to have different turf interaction. But remember one thing, that swing travels with you. So if you're a slider, you're going to be, you're going to be taking that swing with you. So if you're a digger or a tweener, that, that swing travels with you. You know, you don't have the ability. You may practice, but when you turn around and get under the heat of the gun, you, what do you do? You're going to revert right back to your swing, swing type. Very, very important swing type. It's the SM6 wedge from Titleist. It's just out. If you haven't tried it, you need to go get custom fit. And like Bob said, it's the, uh, it's the best wedge yet. It's the best one he's ever put out. Bob, i got to put you on the clock. Our five questions, 50 seconds. Jeremy, you're there, so you know that he's not cheating. He's not going to a laptop or anything. He's got to answer these five questions in 50 seconds. Bob, you ready to go? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, question number one for Bob Vokey. 
growing up, which golfer on tour or anywhere did you idolize the most? Lee Trevino. Number two, best wedge player you've ever seen? Chevy. Chevy Ballesteros. Number three, why are wedges better now than they were 10 years ago? Because there are so many different grinds, types, bounces, and loft combinations, and people are understanding the value of being fit for the proper wedge to match your technique. It's swing type. Question number four for Bob Vokey. What wedge lofts are in your bag? Well, I, got, I got a, a 46, a 50, a 56, and a 60. And they're all, of course, they're all, they're all SM6s. <laughs> number five, Bob, the, the most common mistake people make with a wedge purchase. Most common mistake that they, they make, well, first off, not, not being fit right. That is first and foremost. But you know what I think a lot when they get a wedge? They have a tendency to, to desell. They try to try to hit. They're trying to hit the ball up. Their technique. I think basically they don't put the head on it. I like to see them, you know, slow back, good turn, and then on the way down you accelerate. And and of course, and then you might want to throw ball position in there too. Five questions, 50 seconds. You did it, Bob. Awesome. Thanks so much. Hey, guys, I really appreciate it. I know your time's valuable out there, but, Jeremy, thanks for thanks for bringing him in. He's always a pleasure. And so, same with you. So, it's great talking with you, but uh, I, I feel like I'm ready to go hit some balls and hit some chip shots after Do talking it. with Voke. I love it. It's hard not to leave a conversation with Bob not completely energized. <laughs> that, that's a piece to go, Tom. It's great talking with you, and uh, best of luck the remainder of the year, and hopefully we can do it again soon. All right. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Well, it's not an understatement to say that uh, you get excited, you get pumped up after you talk with that gentleman. You want to go out and hit some shots. That's Mr. Bob Vokey, uh, the man synonymous with wedges. And uh, many thanks to Bob and for Jeremy for uh, for bringing him on. Again, it's the SM6 wedge. If you have not seen it, if you've not hit it, uh, go do so at any of the Worldwide Golf Shops locations uh, around the country. Or you can go online, worldwidegolfshops.com and edwinwattsgolf.com to check out the, the Titleist Vokey Wedges. Also on Titleist.com. And get some great videos there. And they're also on the Worldwide Golf Shops sites. Special thanks again to Bob Vokey for joining us. And to you, our listeners. And we'll do it again next time. We have another episode of Golf Better at worldwidegolfshops.com. So long, everyone.